0: Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurchchurch, or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now let's get into today's life giving message.
1: I am blessed because the life giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do in Jesus name. Amen. So God speak to us now, do what you do when you do, how you do it, because you do it so well. We are open and we are ready to receive right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Just take five seconds and let's worship God right before we get into this word. Five, everybody, in this building and on line four, what happens when I worship? You get yourself ready to receive. You're plowing the ground. You're getting yourself ready to receive, ready to receive, ready to receive. God has a word for you. Your best days are not behind you. They are ahead of you. Your next 12 will be your best twelve. You're about to see God blow your mind. On three, I need everybody to holler hallelujah. One, two, three. Come on, 915, let's go to work. Welcome to 2021. This is the year we what? Set it off. I gave you the several definitions of the word set it off. But they all boil down to this phrase, one thing can change everything. It's amazing because big doors swing on small hinges. If one of the hinges is off, it doesn't matter how big or significant the door is, you can't get to the other side of the door. I'm going to tell you, this is going to be the year where you're going to make one small adjustment, and that small adjustment is going to make all the difference. I need you to realize this is not the year, watch me, of a repeat of 2020, of a repeat of your last decade, of a repeat of your, any period of your life. This is not a repeat. You may face some things this year that are similar, but I need you to hear me say they are not the same. I need you to say that with some authority. Say they are not the same. So the last few messages, we've been looking at Moses and, uh, and the children of Israel and then when Joshua takes over. We looked at the Red Sea, which represented their past, and the Jordan River, which represented their future. The Red Sea, Moses lifts his hands, and the Lord sends a storm, and the Red Sea parts. The Lord vaporizes the water in the ground. They walk across on dry ground. But when they make it to their new with Joshua, the Lord says, you, all, all you have to do is lift your hands to get through the Red Sea. But now you're going to have to get in there for the Jordan River. In other words, I'm about to do more in your life, but it's going to require more from you. And I need everybody to hear me. This is not the year for you to pull back or hold back. This is the year for you to get in there. Everything you do, I need you to do it with all of you. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. If you work flipping burgers, you better flip them burgers like that's the last burger that's ever gonna be flipped. Why? Because God's interviewing you for your next. Whatever you find your hand to do this year, you've got to do it with all of you. I wish you lay your hands on yourself and say, get in there, get in there. With the Red Sea, they never had to, listen, engage their enemy, God. They never had to engage their obstacle. Their obstacle was the Red Sea. They never, ever had to engage it. They were able to look at it and be spiritual from the sidelines, and things changed. But when they got to the Jordan, the Lord said, listen, you're going to be spiritual, but you're going to be spiritual in it. With the Red Sea, you got to be spiritual outside of it, and I moved it. But with the Jordan River, you're going to have to get in there and be spiritual, and I'll move that thing. In other words, some of you are waiting on things to happen to be your answer before you take action, and you're not getting any answers this year until you take action. I need you to stop saying, well, if the Lord do us this, I know I'm supposed to do that. That's not how it's working this year. This is the year. You're going to have to step off in it. And as you take action, you're going to get answers. As you make a phone call, provisions is going to come. As you bust a move, God's going to bust a move in your direction. Draw nigh unto him, and he will draw nigh unto you. So, after Moses' death and 40 years of wandering, we find ourselves in Joshua chapter 1, in verse number 11. And I want you to see what Joshua says, specifically germane to what they're about to do that I've made reference to with the Jordan River. I want you to see what Joshua says. Now, listen, after Moses' death and 40 years of wandering, they have been mourning for 30 days that Moses has died. Question, how long are you going to mourn what's over? There are some friendships that are over. There are some things that have changed. There are some relationships that are not what they used to be. Uh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying, how long are you going to mourn who you used to be? Could it be that God killed that version of who you used to be so he could bring forth the greatest version of... That's why I never need to be in competition with another human being. I am in competition with yesterday's version of myself. I want God to take my Saturday version, kill that version, and make me a better version today. Kill today's version, and tomorrow I want to be better than I was today. They mourn for 30 days. In fact, the Bible says at 30 days you need to move on. Question, what what have you not moved on from because you are still mourning? You're still mourning what didn't work out, who didn't work out, who walked out, who's not there. And because you're mourning, you're missing who's present. (laughs) Because you're mourning, you're missing who's present. And for some of you, you literally, let's be honest, the world has dealt with a lot of grief over these last 12 months. We have seen things happen in these last 12 months that have not been seen in the earth in the last 100 years, which tells me something about you. If you are alive during a time where history is made, that means you're supposed to be a history maker. I need you not to let coronavirus punk you. I need you not to walk in fear, doubt, grief, or shame. Why? If I still have a pulse, God still has a plan. Somebody holler. I'm a history maker. You are alive during a time when history is being made in the earth. God gave them 30 days to mourn. And he said, I know you love Moses, but it's time to move. I know that Moses was good to you, but it's time to move. I know that you love them, but it's time to move. I know that you love that car. It's time to move. I know that you love that house. It's time to move on. I know that you loved your old position, but it's time to move on. So after Moses' death and 40 years of wandering, look at the authority Joshua speaks with. And I need you to have some authority like this when you speak. Life and death are in the power of what? Your tongue. If you don't say it, you'll never see it. Joshua 1.11, look what Joshua says to the children of Israel. He says to them, prepare your provisions. For within three days, you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of it. After 30 days of mourning, and 40 years of wandering. Check this out. We, we just, listen, we're dealing with one change. Can I help some of you? Your problem is you want to control change. And if you can't control it, you get upset with it. What are you trying to say? Well, let me deal with this first, then I'll deal with that. Can I tell you where you're at in this stage of your life? You're going to have to deal with a whole lot at one time. And I need you to be okay with that. They were still grieving over Moses. But God says, you better get ready because you're about to take this joy. Somebody say, I'm grace to handle a lot at one time. You better open your mouth and say it in this building and online. I need you to type it, say, I'm grace to handle a lot at one time. Since you're going from six figures to second, seven figures, you're going to deal with a whole a, a new deal and a whole a new volume of customers and clients. So I need you not to, I can only handle five at a time. You're about to have 50. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I need you to learn how to juggle a lot at one time. Are you still here? Joshua says, for within three days, wait a minute, we've been we've been wandering for 40 years. And 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 we have been we have been mourning for 30 days. So for 40 years and 30 days, come on, that's 40 years and a month. We have been dealing with the same cycles, same situations, same stuff. And here you're here to tell me in three days I'm about to cross over and take possession of his promise. Okay, I, maybe the 11:15 is gonna be the one to get it today, but I think there's some of us at this 9:15 that I don't care how long I have not done it. I don't care how many years I screwed it up, made mistakes, and failed. I'm going to tell somebody: I don't care how long you've been on hold. The call's about to click. It's about to connect. I need you to open your mouth and say, "I'm about ready to get in there." I- and just for those of us that are daring enough to confess it, you ought to be like Joshua and say, in these next three days, uh-uh, you ain't saying it with no faith. You ain't, I'm going to try these people because they ain't saying it over here. Say, in these next three days, I'm taking possession. Say it again. Say, in these next three days, I'm passing over into possession. I dare you to praise them right there. If your phone's about to ring. Your name's about to be brought up. The contract's about to be put in front of your face. They're about to email you with the opportunity. Look, so Joshua makes this declaration in Joshua chapter 1. After how many years of wandering? 40. How many days of grieving? 30. Joshua says, in three days, we're moving out of this. (laughs) I don't know who's been dealing with some generational curses for years. But in these next three days, I just need some faith in this room. I need some faith on my digital campuses. And you're going to see this thing move. Say, in these next three days, I'm passing over. I know you didn't do it in your 20s. You're going to do it in your 30s. You didn't do it in your 30s. You'll do it in your 40s. You didn't do it in your 40s. You'll do it in your 50s. you didn't do it in your 50s. You'll do it in your 60s. But all I know is things are about to change because my next 12 will be my best 12. So then, so then, in Joshua chapter 2, Joshua says, we're going over. I want you to see something. In Joshua chapter 2, verse number 1, and Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. Say, quietly research. You, you talk too much. Don't be offended. I, Joshua said, We're about to cross over this Jordan. Now, can I give you some revelation here? We see the children of Israel cross over the Jordan in chapter 4. But there's two spies that he sends to cross over in chapter 2. Which means what I'm about to do in 2021, truth be told, I've already spied this out. You thought you were wasting your time last year. You thought you were wasting your time looking at houses. Come on, you thought you were wasting your time researching. No, no, I was spying out where I'm getting ready to go to. I was spying out where I'm about to live, what I'm about to have, what I'm about to walk in. I need you not to think you were wasting one moment. Say, my research is about to have a reward. Come on, 915, say, my research is about to be rewarded. In Joshua chapter 2, they go spy out the land. They go spy out the land. Two spies. How many of them? Two spies. Two spies go. You send two because two is better than one. You send two spies, and they go spy out the land. Jericho is on the other side of the Jordan, which means they had to actually get into the water. And they got dirty. And when they spy it out and they begin to get dirty... When they spy it out and they begin to get dirty, they are preparing the way for the people that are about to cross over. In other words, I pay now or I pay later. I pay later, I pay greater, so I pay now, so I pay less. I'll say it again. I pay now or I pay later, but I pay later. If I pay later, I pay greater, so I'll pay now, so I pay less. In other words, this is not just going to be boop dropped on you. This is going to require more of you because God's about to do more for you. But if I put in the labor up front, then I know that later on it's going to be less. Joshua sent two spies, so once we cross this Jordan, we'll know exactly where we're supposed to go. Once we cross this Jordan, we'll know exactly what we're supposed to do. I'm not, watch me, I'm not going to cross over and be confused. Because if I cross over and I don't know what's next, all I'll have to celebrate is a past victory. I'll have nothing to look forward to. And this is going to be a year where every day you're going to wake up and say, I'm looking forward to this day. This is the day that the Lord has made and I shall rejoice and be made glad in it. Open your mouth and say, there's more ahead of me than behind me. You ain't going to be talking about, remember the 90s, remember the 2000s. You're going to be saying, listen, I I remember that, but I'm excited about what's next. Say, my next 12 will be my best 12. So, so, So look at this. He sends them out to quietly research. They go secretly, and they don't tell the Hebrews that they're going. And when they get to Jericho, you know whose house they go into. In case you don't remember, I've taught it before. They go into Rahab's house. In other words, God connects them with someone unlikely because they're about to have an unlikely victory. See, I need for some of you, listen, you ain't just going to show up. I need you to do your research. I need you to do your Google. I need you to know your numbers. I need you to know your demographics. I need you to stop just saying, Lord, do it, and I need you to show up ready to do it. I need your resume to be on point. I need your skills to be on a whole nother level. I need you to get ready for the interview. Just don't show up and hope and wish for the best. That ain't faith. Faith is, I expect to get it, so get me, get prepared for it. Hey, I expect for it to work for my favor, so I'm walking in it like I already have possession of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. In Joshua 3, they cross over the Jordan. Say they cross over. And on the other side of the Jordan, you remember the story. Let me just remind you in case you haven't heard the story. When they cross over the Jordan, the Lord was like, okay, look, the, the, the river's at flood stage. You're going to have to actually get into the river um, before the water's going to move. If you don't get in the river before the water, uh, for the water to move, then you're going to stand there waiting on a flood to pass, and you'll miss what the flood was supposed to bring to you. <laughs> Some of y'all are waiting on a pandemic to pass. You're missing what the pandemic is trying to bring to you. You're not going to build it after the pandemic. You're going to build it. I I will throw this microphone at you. You're going to build it during the pandemic. I don't need you to think like the world. The world says as soon as we can travel again, you better go where you can now. Y'all ain't talking to me. The world says once this thing passes, but you better maximize where you're at right now. So they have to get into the river while the river's at flood stage and they step into the river. And the Bible says the moment their foot touches the river, the Lord makes the water stand up. Literally what happens is he shuts off a part of the river and he makes the river stand up. He dams up the river. Then he dries the ground. If you read the story, it it talks about how far up the river stopped and where the Lord made the river cut off. Adam was actually a city that was far north of where they were. The Bible says that he dams up the water way up there. That way they're able to cross over on dry land. In other words, whatever is blocking you that you thought you were going to have to deal with, you are never going to have to deal with it. (laughs) Some of you won't take a step of faith because you're so overwhelmed by what you think you're going to have to deal with. And God said, if you would have just took that one step, I would have cleared everything else out of your way. Had you just sent the email, I would have cleared everything else out of your way. Had you sent the text, I would have cleared everything else out of your way. So the water's cleared up, water stands up, the Bible says, into a great heap, the land is dry, they cross over, the priests carry the Ark of the Covenant, that represented God's presence, and they're standing in the middle of the river, and as long as the priests are there in the middle of the river, the river stops. What does that represent? As long as I remain spiritual. The priests represent their spirituality. Check this out. And the priests had to stand there. They could not waver, and they had to stand there while the nation crossed over. Challenge. Sometimes we begin to l- get lax in our spirituality when we think that the trouble has passed over. <laughs> Can we be honest? Like when you're going through something, we're praying, we're fasting, hey, Mitsubishi, Subaru, Honda, Hyundai. That's. An... Right. But then the moment you think your trouble is over, yeah, I ain't coming to church today. I got to. Uh, I'm, I'm missing. And God's like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. The only reason you didn't have to deal with that. Is because your spirituality was on point. And now that you lack now that you're laxing your spirituality, what you thought you weren't gonna have to deal with, it'll subside and now cover you. I need you to lay your hands on yourself, say, I'm staying spiritual this year. Come on. Yeah, you're gonna see me at every church experience. You're gonna see me on prayer all the time. And if I pray all the time, I won't lose my mind. You why? I gotta do what worked to get me over it to keep me out of it. So, in Joshua 3, they crossed the Jordan River. And then on the other side of the Jordan River, this is what we dealt with on Wednesday. If you missed Wednesday's message, OMG, go get it. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse number 1, we see what's on the other side of the Jordan River. Look what it says. And the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering. Who brought you here? The Lord. Somebody said the Lord did it. it. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to take possession of it and clears away many nations before you, the seven nations. Say, seven nations. Seven nations. Come on, talk to me like an army. Say seven nations. nations. All right, now, these seven nations, I taught you what they meant. Let's hit them again real quick for, for, uh, make sure we're all on the same page. It says, when the Lord your God brings into the land you're entering and take possession of it, and clears away many nations from before you, the Hittites. Hittites, here's what that means in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament. It means you're broken, and that now has you fearful. You're not afraid of new, you're afraid of old pain. You're afraid of old brokenness. Can I be honest with you? There's nothing that is in front of you that you're afraid of. What you are afraid of is dealing with something you had to deal with from the past. So you don't want to trust somebody new because you trust skeezers before. Y'all ain't going to talk so I'm going to preach talk You don't want to trust somebody new because you trust Ike before. Baby, this ain't Ike. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You don't want to mess up in a new business venture because you failed in a previous business venture. Now, realizing the difference now is that you are a whole nother level of you. Mm -mm. I'm not the same me that I was last time that I did this. I'm wiser. I'm stronger. I'm bolder. I'm more spiritual. So this is not that. Then the Gergesites, that means they're stuck in clay. That means they're stuck in a mess. So check this out. All of these things are in front of them because these things are in them. Whatever you feel like is blocking you, it is something that is in you. That's what the Bible says, guard your heart or keep your heart from out of it flows life. Guess this, guess this, guess this, guess this, guess this. You watching? You catching? You catching? You watching? You watching? You catching? Wherever you look, there you are. Whatever you look, there you are. Whatever you're afraid of, that's you. Whatever you're scared of, that's you. Whatever you don't want to happen, that's in you. So these nations are before them because these traits are in them. You all are fearful because Pharaoh broke you. He beat you down to where you don't even think you're worthy to have your own. Come on here. Pharaoh beat you down to where you don't even think you deserve moving in anything great. And I've come to speak life into you today. That says Do you again, if you have a pulse, God still has a plan. You're not trash. You're not junk. You're not a throwaway. You were sent to rule. Let's go. And to reign and to conquer and to subdue. But then you can get stuck in your mess. This is the Gergesites where you get stuck. In your mess. This is what happens. They are stuck in their mess. And whenever you are stuck in mess, here's the deal: the mess is over, but you're stuck in it. Messy people are people who don't know how to live without a struggle. So when life is good, they find someone. Let me let me tell you, don't date a messy person. Because what they're gonna do is every time you deal with them, they're gonna blame you for the mess. Every issue that comes up, they're going to blame you for. Don't have messy friends, because what they're going to do is they're going to urinate and defecate on you. And you'll always find out people thinking wrong and bad about you. That's because the people around you have misrepresented you to other people. Then the Amorites, what does this mean? The talkers. They were afraid of people talking. They were afraid of what people would say. Can I be honest with you? If nobody's talking about you, you must not be that good. I need you to lay your hands to yourself say, go on and talk. Because go go I'm good at what I do. <laughs> Come on, 915. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm not afraid of no am I, right? I'm say what you're going to say. I've never seen a lion obsessed with the opinion of a sheep. I have never seen a king worried about the opinion of the subject. What do you say to me, Bishop? They were so afraid of people talking. Because the word on the street about them was that their God has left them and he left them in 430 years of bondage. If God is with them, why are they in that? And some of you, watch me, that's been the word on the street about you. The word on the street was about if you're so spiritual, if you're so saved, if all that giving works, if all that time, if all that and God says, I'm about to make them wish they never had your name in them, in their mouths. Somebody say, I'm not afraid of talkers. Say, because in my next 12, the talk is going to change. They're going to see how blessed I am. They're going to see how favored I am. All for God's glory. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Then the Canaanites. Canaanites means zeal without action. He says, you get excited about things and then you stop. You don't do anything after the moment of excitement. How many of us can be honest that we've gotten excited about things? And then, okay, listen, you ever got excited about buying something? Bought it, and then be like, oh, shoot, I forgot. I didn't even remember I had that. Okay? God says the children of Israel, they had zeal without action. They got excited about taking territory until it was time to go work to take territory. It's like getting excited for a photo shoot until you got to bring 40 outfits. You're excited about a baby until you got to carry it and clean it, and wipe it, and wipe its snot, and feed it. You're excited about a five-bedroom house until you got to go clean them five bedrooms. You say, Lord, my cup run is over. Give me overflow. And you're like, God, no, Lord, Jesus. You're excited about a new relationship until you have to learn new regimen. You're excited about new friends until you have to trust new friends. We're excited about losing weight. And then after two sets, you're like, look, I'm just going to have a salad tomorrow because I'm not going to be doing this today. They got excited until it was time to take action. And I pray that in 2021, you would not just have zeal, but you would also take action. Somebody say, I'm taking action this year. Here's the last two. The parasites. that means they've been wilding out. They've been wilding out. They have been acting wild. They have been doing things they know they have no business doing and they're not supposed to do. And that's what happens. Why, why did this happen? How do you know that this happened to them? Remember when they, um, if you, anybody ever watched the old school Ten Commandments? That was like 17 hours long. You wake up, watch it, eat breakfast, go to the store, come back home. Moses is still an Egyptian. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then, you know, you can take you a nap, wake up, and one of them good after-church naps, one of them two-hour naps. Wake up, and they just finally about to cross. Right? Okay, we're well, Charlton Heston, take this out. You remember when they got to the base of the mountain. They got to the base of the mountain. They're waiting on Moses to bring the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, it's amazing. The movie didn't get to its point point until the end. Revelation, there are certain things that are not going to make sense until you get to the end of it. There are certain stages and places in your life where you're not going to understand why you had to deal with it until you get to the end of it. And you're getting ready to walk him through your next and it's about to make sense. Open your mouth, please, and say it's about to make sense. Remember at the end, at the end, and, and they're standing there and they're all at the base of the mountain, and uh, Moses is taking long. He's up there for 40 days and 40 nights, and they say, Moses has died. Moses is up there trying to write some fake rules for us to follow. You see Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Dathan, you remember Dathan, he was the shorter guy that just had the nasty attitude and all of that, and they're doing all of that. And remember how they started whiling. They they started taking their gold, making calves, making false gods. Come on. They started doing everything that they were not supposed to do because of how long it was taking to get their next instruction. And sometimes in our lives, we start wilding because we're like, God, this waiting is taking too long. And I need for you to hear me. This is not the time for you to wild out. You've been a good girl. Keep on being a good girl. You've been a good man. Keep on being a good man. You've been faithful. Keep being faithful. You've been consistent. Keep being consistent. This is not the time to wild out because your faithfulness is about to pay off. I need you to open your mouth, please, and say my faithfulness is about to pay off. Look at this next one. The Hivites, that means submission, submission. The children of Israel, because, listen, because they were ruled so harshly by Pharaoh, they would not be ruled at all by Moses. Some of you have to be careful that you don't allow people who have abused you to make you an unsubmissive person in the name of I'm just strong. No, you're out of order. And you ain't got to say nothing to me, but I'm right about it. I just got my own mind. But what does that mean? You can't follow instructions? What does that even mean? I just say what's on my mind. Maybe that's part of your problem. You say too much, and you can give everybody a piece of your mind. You ain't got no mind left. <laughs> Submission is what Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was meek. Meek isn't weak. Meek is submissive. That means when Jesus went into a scenario where he was not rank, he submitted. So when he gets around John the Baptist, what does he say? You baptize me. The baptism wasn't to get Jesus saved. Baptism was a Hebrew custom called mikvah, which meant to ordain him into the priesthood. So he submits to John, because John has rank. He doesn't show up and say, you do know I'm the son of the living God. You do know I'm the anthropos, 100% God. So much God you can't believe I'm man, so much man you can't believe I'm God. You do know this. Mm-mm. When you're submissive, you don't have to state your position. <laughs> When you're submissive, you walk in and say, Now who has rank? Now I submit to whoever has rank. Why? Because since I'm in authority, I know how to be under authority, and there's nothing good about being an arrogant, pompous bastard. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. There's nothing good about being unsubmissive. Bastard means fatherless one. Like you're not showing your wife how strong you are by disrespecting your pastor. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not showing your friends, they ain't going to talk to me like that, by being unsubmissive. That's a godly thing. Submissive, up under a mission. I just submit to a mission. I just submit to it. I just, okay, cool. This person has rank, so I submit to that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, God says, y'all have not learned to submit, because Pharaoh ruled you so harshly, you don't want to submit to nobody now. So even though Moses got you out of Egypt, now Moses say jump. You're like, mm not today. <laughs> Moses say, come on, let's do this. Nah, you brought us out here to kill us. Well, you were going to die over there. At least you get to see some new stuff. Here was the point. When, you ready for this? When you're n- unsubmissive, you find excuses not to submit. Damn. Had they said it like this, I would have done it. No, you wouldn't have. You're a lie. This is heavy for a Sunday, but apparently this is where we need to go. But you know, had they, you know, I got to be talked to different. You think it's about you? You think that the whole show has to change to fit your communication preference? You don't do that at your job, y'all. I ain't no say nothing to me. You don't do that anywhere else. You submit to the order, so don't say you can't do it. I pray some of you be healed of the scars of those who had authority and abused the authority they had over you. I pray healing. Come on, lift your hands. Everybody in this building on going to lie. I speak healing into your life for anybody that was over you that abused that authority so that you would still be able to be submissive. Somebody said, I will not be unsubmissive. Because when you're unsubmitted, you are uncovered and anything uncovered spoils. Put some food out on the, put some real food out on the counter. Can't put this processed stuff out there and put some real food on the counter and you will watch it spoil because it's uncovered. Take you some good guacamole and put it on the counter and in about 20 minutes, you come back and... Now, if you like your neighbor, they're going to take a spoon and say, ain't nothing wrong with that, just room set together. And if you like me, scoop that off the top. I ain't going to be able to do that. I am not going to... I don't know what that is. I want lime green guacamole. That is... That's, that's dark green guacamole. I can't do that. I ain't going to be able to do it. All right, let's look. Let's look. Let's look. Then the Jebusites. They were afraid of ruin and downfall. Because t- imagine how many times they tried to have an insurrection, uh, an appropriate insurrection in, in, in Exodus. Where they were like, look, come on, we're going to get together. We're going to overthrow Pharaoh friend doing this right. This isn't right, God's right." Imagine how many times they tried to break free and it shut down and didn't work. When you have tried to do things and things have failed, it will kill your will to try something new. And I need to speak to all of my harvesters and everybody listening to me. Where you are 50 and over, you have to be especially careful because you will use your age as a reason. But really what you're afraid of is any further ruin or downfall. And I speak to you and say to you, your life is not over. On your second half, it's going to be better than your. Y'all better talk to me in here. Your second half. Baby, you about to live your best life. I ain't going back and forth with nobody. Smile, church. They were afraid of ruin and downfall. There are seven nations. Look at this. They're more numerous and they're mightier than the children of Israel. These seven things were in them. So this is what was in front of them that needed to be cleared out. I need you to back that up so you get it. These weren't just seven nations. These were seven traits that were in them that needed to die. These were seven things that needed to be driven out. Notice, driven out. Say driven out. Driven out. What does that mean? That means this is going to take a little work. Because being submissive, if you've never been that way, it's going to take a little work. Because you have to say to yourself, oh, you better not say nothing. It's quiet in the church. If you're used to getting excited and taking no action, you got a whole list of stuff you're thinking about doing. Now it's going to take work to actually start checking stuff off. I pray by the end of this week, everything you set out to do, you're able to check it off and watch it done. For those of you who think I'm just talking, First Samuel three nineteen, and the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground. I pray for a productive week for you that everything, on your checklist, you get it done. If you believe that, put a praise on that, right? Come on. Productivity. Say productivity. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. I got to finish, I got to finish. But before they face them, they face themselves. We looked at this at the end of Wednesday's message. In Joshua 5 and 2, it says, at that time, so what has happened? uh, Joshua says, in three days, we're going over then what happens chapter 2 he sends out spies then they cross over then when they cross over uh, 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 the first thing god has for them to do before they engage those seven nations which are traits in themselves somebody say they dealt with themselves themselves. at this time the lord said to joshua make flint knives and circumcise the sons of israel a may a knife please make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. <laughs> now, first of all, you ain't never seen a black knife. Listen, <laughs> special order. I like all my stuff to match. <laughs> got to coordinate. <laughs> get to co- See, got got mushrooms and <laughs> on the inside of the get to coordinate. All right, <laughs> all right, everybody, look. Everybody, look. Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel, everybody say, a second time. A second time. Can you say that with me? Say a second, a second time. Can I give you a couple of levels of revelation about the second time? First of all, these are grown men. They're talking about literal circumcision. Fellas. In the building and online. Most men don't even like to go to the doctor. So could you imagine Joshua, who is not a doctor? Come on, come on, son. Drop him, let's go. Next. Next. Next, 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 next. But we about to go. We about to go over, but you can't go with all that attitude. No anesthesia, and these are not doctors doing the work. Some of you get angry because you feel like God has set you under somebody that you're more qualified than. But they're the ones that sent to cut you. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Let's go. (laughs) That's what I do. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, "Make flint knife and circumcise the sons of Israel. Say a second time." Here's the, second, here's the second piece about this, um, this second time thing. Sometimes you have to go through and do a second cut. What does that mean? I need to go back and look at what I thought was done, and I need to go cut somewhere differently. Like for some of you, you already concluded I can't do it this way. Go back and do a second cut. In a movie, a second cut is where it's the same movie, but they took some pieces that were in the first out and they put some pieces that were not included in the second one. Because after I had the opportunity to watch it, now I can see what needs to change in it. And for some of you, watch me, God says, I need you to go back and do a second cut of your friends. I need you to go back and do a second cut of your plans for the year. I need you to go back and do a second cut. You keep telling me it cannot be done. I need you to go back and do a second cut. Because if we cut this thing a second time, we're going to see something the second time we did not see the first time. You yeah. all didn't hear what I just said. If I re-evaluated a second time, I'm going to see something I missed the first time. And for some of you, I need you to go back to that old plan. There's something you missed. I need you to go back to that old book. There's something you missed. I need you to go back to your old notes. There's something that you you still here yes, sir. all right so look so he says, circumcise them a second time when does he say this after a win they just crossed over the jordan so they just had a win and now they have a reputation because joshua five verse one it says that the people are talking about how great their god is and how they crossed the Jordan. so check this out god says i want to now cut you after you think you something <laughs> and after you have a big win I want to cut you now that you're paying attention to all of the things people are saying about you. Because you, you thank you, th- you, you all that. And here's the deal. In him, I am. Apart from him. Here's the problem. After you have a victory, you think you're the one that got the victory. Look at what I did. Look at how I handled this. Look at how I did this for my family. Look at how I, 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 and Paul said, let me get it clear. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. This is not just me. See, some of you think your talent is what got you to seat you have. It is not. There's more talented people, to be honest. You think it's your education that got you to see. Can I be honest with you? There were people with PhDs that could have done it better, but because God was with you, you got to see. I need you to give God glory. Why? That whatever you have... Yeah, you're good. That's great. But the truth be told, the reason you have it is because of the Lord. Uh Uh-uh. I need you to worship right there that everything you have is because of the Lord. Everything you have is because of the Lord. Somebody say, everything I have is because of the Lord. And if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, So he cuts him right after that. Verse 8, when the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places. Let's let's just deal with this verse for just a moment. We're almost done. Circumcision represented a couple of things in Scripture. So there's the natural circumcision that we think of. It had to happen for Hebrew boys when they were little kids because it meant they had a covenant with God. That's Genesis 17 and 11. Say a covenant. What does that mean? God makes an agreement with us. And if we do our part, he does his part. That's a covenant. Got it? Covenant is a contract. If you do this, I'm going to do this. you don't do this, I ain't doing nothing. What I love about God is that built into the contract is grace and mercy. (laughs) Because truth be told, all of us have messed up on the part we were supposed to keep. But he put a provision in the agreement that says every morning I'm going to give them some new mercy. Let's talk. Every morning I'm going to give them some new mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is when God blocks the negative things that I do deserve. And I'm going to give them some grace. I'm going to give them some good things that they do not deserve. Somebody said that's built into the agreement. All right. But look, but look, but look. But the second thing it represented um, when you dealt with circumcision was dealing with stubbornness. What does it mean to be stubborn? Because most stubborn people don't know they're stubborn. They'll say, this is how I am. This is the way we were raised. This is how all the women in our family are. Then you were born. This is how all the men in our family are. Then you were born. And when you were born, let me remind you, the curse breaker was born. The interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline was born. The line crosser, the boundary breaker was born. Stop telling God about something he knew, which is why he sent you. No, you know how they are. He's like, I know they're crazy. That's why I said you. Right? So teach take this out. What does it really mean to be stubborn? Here's a simple way to think of stubbornness. They w- you won't find a way to win. You won't find a way to win. You just won't find a way. I just can't do it. So did you even try to find a way? Did you even try to figure it out? How do you know you're stubborn? Is that you have not fully researched something before you come to the result that you can't do it. And me personally, I cannot have people around me that are stubborn. Why? Because, because I'm going to find a way to get what I want done done. Now, it may take me longer than I want. My God, today. But I will find a way to get done what I want to get done because I refuse to be stubborn. There is a way to win here. And for some of you, you're facing some things. Well, here it is. You're, it's showing you you're stubborn. You won't find a way to win. Your wife just wants to pray with you, and you fighting her over that. You're stubborn, sir. Find a way to win. Y'all don't want to talk, so now we're going to get real. You should have said amen, because I was running out of time at this 915, but now we're going to go there. All right? You, 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 listen, you, you, your kids ju- just want for you to speak a life. Right. One time. And not call them something that you have cursed. You made it clear you didn't like their daddy and now you say they act just like their daddy and so now you've called them something you've cursed. So you should better say amen because see we're gonna get it, okay? If you, okay, y'all, y'all want me to give more examples, okay? Right? Right? H- here's the deal. You won't find a way to win. But I can't get there by eight. Did you even try to figure out if you could leave early or you just said you can't get there? Or did you even try? You didn't even try. You didn't try because when you're stubborn, you don't want to find a way to win. I'm not even going to look for a way to win because a stubborn mentality says, if I don't think it can be done, it can't be done. How many of us, based on your new revelation about stubbornness, can be honest that there's some areas of your life in the last 12 days you've had some stubbornness. Somebody's on your row is lying, so elbow them hard in the ribs. I want them to feel it. Get them in the ribs right there. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Stubbornness, that's how God's people were. They were stubborn. I mean, God was like, come on, we got to take the land. We can't do it. We're grasshoppers. First of all, how do you get to call yourself something I didn't call you? Say, Lord, save me. I need you to say it with strength. Say, save me from my stubbornness. Say, if I'm in the war, y'all ready? Say, there's a way to win. Come on, 915. I need you to say it again. Say, if I'm in a war, there is a way to win. There's a way to do it. Sometimes I just can't do it all. It's so much. You're stubborn. It's not that much. You've done more before. You have more time on your hands now. I just got so much on my plate. Well, it sounds to me like you need to stop eating all that bread before you eat. (laughs) You'll catch the point in a minute. The point is, is there is a way to win if you want to win. Stubborn people say, I just can't. I can't. And so you know what God said to them? He says, the reason I need to cut you and circumcise you a second time is because y'all have stopped finding ways to win. That's why I made you get into Jordan, because I needed you to see there's another way to win. That's why I needed you to, de- I needed you to, to confront some stuff that, that you were afraid of, because I needed you to see that there's another way to win. Please open your mouth. Say, there's another way to win. Look at this. We're almost done. It says, um, they had to remain in their places while everybody getting cut. Now, wait a minute. Here we go. I got to be patient again. We've been patient at the Red Sea, patient with Pharaoh, patient to cross over the Red Sea, patience to wait. We've been waiting for 40 years, and now we got to go have patience to cross the Jordan. And now we cross the Jordan, and now we got to have patience for these other people to get what they need. Uh Uh-uh, you missed it. I have to wait on everybody else in the camp. To finish their cutting before I can move on? Everybody, let me tell you what some of you are at. It, is that, listen, you want everybody to be patient with you while you going through. But when you're out, you're like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. And God says, well, but they waited on you. It's quiet right through here. They were patient with you. So now you're going to have to be patient with them. Y'all ain't going to say nothing right there. God was patient with you for you to get your life together. And now that you got your life together, you talk about, look, you either get it together in five minutes or I'm out. You know God is doing something amazing in your life when your issue ain't with you, Is he's making you be patient with other people. But what does 1 Corinthians 13 say? Love is patient. Open your mouth and say patient. And I've taught you patience isn't waiting, patience is how you act while you wait. So sometimes you gotta be patient with other people to go through their cutting process. And let's just be honest. None of us wanna do that. Can I get some hands on my digital campuses, some hands on the building, in the building? But no, I don't want one on you. <laughs> Look, I got my bags, let's go. My food came, I ain't finna sit here and wait for you to eat. We are gonna be in the small, you would come out when you, shoulda got to the restaurant on time, I'm ready to go. Are you catching it? But notice how they were leaving the cutting process. Say they were healed. They were healed. Come on 15. say they were healed. They were healed. Wow. So when God began to cut away their stubbornness, they finally healed. Because he can't heal an area where you tell him he can't heal it. And stubborn people don't find a way to win. So God says, listen, as I am cutting, as I am pruning, as I am circumcising the stubbornness of your heart, I'm healing you. Because for years you blamed your daddy until I began to cut you to show you that the stubbornness that, that grew around your dislike of him made you like him. I got to move, I got to move. But I just need you to say, say this cutting is good for me. So look at this, so look at this. So the circumcites, the, the circumcision, what did it remove, guys? The circumcision literally removed what they're getting ready to face. The circumcision, let's go to the next one, please. The circumcision, it removed the Hittites. Their fear because they were broken. The circumcision removed the Gergesites. It got them out of their mess. The circumcision removed the Amorites. They were no longer afraid of talkers. The circumcision removed the Canaanites. Now they were taking action. Why? Because you have to take action because you have to willingly let somebody cut you. If I could go deeper and I'll go deeper to 1115, the circumcision means I have to let somebody into my private areas. And if I can't let somebody into my private stuff, well, I don't talk about that. We don't talk about that in this family. We don't talk And that's exactly why everybody in your family is jacked up and messed up because nobody wants to talk about it. But you're going to be the one that says, I'm not going through the same mess you went through. We're about to talk about it. Let's, let's talk. The parasites, they stop wilding out. Why? Because while you are recovering from your cut, you can't wild out. Some of you, God let life cut you so that you were isolated for a while. And while you were isolated, he said, what I'm going to do, you're going to stop this wilding. Because when you was feeling yourself, feeling yourself, feeling yourself, you was wilding. So now I got you sitting in the house, sitting in the house, sitting in the house, and you're in the house, your inner house bored. Because we're going to fix this wilding you've been doing. You ain't going to act crazy. Y'all ain't saying that to me. I got to finish. The Hibite submission. He says, you're going to submit. Why? The very act of letting another into my private spaces and cutting me is submission. I'm going to let a grown man tell another grown man what to do. And God says, that's submission. Got it? And the Jebusites. He says, You ain't gonna be afraid of ruin and downfall anymore. The circumcision removed these things because what really had grown on them? This. These seven things had now grown over their hearts. That's why in the scripture, uh, when it talks about circumcision, it says, And be circumcised from the foreskins of your heart. Come on, y'all just go with me, so I have Hampton. And the problem is, h- here it is, is the problem is, I- is that if you don't handle that, you're going, get to, you're going to have disease from that. Right. So I have to cut this stuff off of you. And I, so how does he get me, can I just go here and then we're done? Watch me. How does he get me to not be afraid of the talkers is he lets them talk. In fact, can I help somebody? You ready for this? For some of you, You're like, where did this come from? You ready for this? This is going to blow your mind. God started the rumor. And he said, now go run tell that. Because while you think you're hurting her, what you don't realize is I'm using it to circumcise her. While you think you're hurting him, I'm using it to circumcise him. And so I'm going to let you talk so that it cuts, but it's not going to kill. Okay, y'all ready? All right, look. So look. Look at, look at verse twelve. I gotta quit. Oh my God. You ready? Verse twelve. Look at verse twelve. Now, they're circumcised, and I want you to look at verse twelve. Here it is. I get as far as I can. Nine fifteen. Y'all with me? Y'all are being a bit cerebral this morning. That's fine. I'm taking good notes, right? Y'all talking about? Yes. You ain't got no pad to first. <laughs> I'm taking good notes, Mister. <laughs> Where's your pad? All right. Look. Here we go. And the manna ceased. The day after they ate the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate the fruit of the land of Canaan. Please say the last two words that year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They cross over to Jordan. The first thing God does is cut them. And after he cuts them, what does the Bible say? I'm cutting off your manna. For years now, after they came out of Egypt for 40 years, they've been living on manna. What does manna rate? Uh, the scripture reference there. Exodus 16 and 21. They lived day to day. You'll catch up. The manna would fall from heaven and they could only eat it that day. If they kept it longer than that day, it would spoil and rot and get maggots. What does this mean? They were living hand to mouth. You're not getting what I'm saying. They were going from day to day just trying to make it. But the Bible says after I cut you, now I'm about to take you for manna and you are about to eat some fruit. When you gonna do it? This year. I need everybody in this building and everybody online. Say, this year, the man is ceasing because the fruit is coming. I need you to open your mouth and say it again. Say, the man is ceasing because the fruit is coming. What does that mean? I'm not living day to day anymore. I'm not living hand to mouth anymore. I'm not trying to just survive. Baby, I'm about to thrive. And my next 12 will be my best 12. And my next 12 will be my best 12. <laughs> Do you see this? For 40 years, they got accustomed to living day to day. For 40 years, they got accustomed to manna, but after he cut them, this was the first time that he let them eat the fruit of their promise. Now for you and I, it's not a piece of land as they promised lamb, let me say lifestyle, the lifestyle of shalom. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? Say, say it's happening this year. Now for those of my deep folks in the congregation, I'm gonna point it out, and if y'all don't shout in here, that's cool, I'm gonna play the video at 11: 1115, and I'm gonna go fly to Atlanta where they are gonna shout, okay? You ready for this? Say, when did it happen, Bishop? For my deep folks. I will throw this mic at you. I will throw this mic at you. I will throw this mic at you. you. Somebody say, in 21. That's when it happened. Open your mouth and say, it's getting ready to happen. Say it again, say, it's getting ready to happen you' about to be so glad you didn't quit you're about to be so glad you didn't let the cut kill you you're about to be so glad you didn't give up your best 12 are your your best 12 are up that's why Corona couldn't kill you you had to get to 21 that's why cancer couldn't kill you you had to get to 21 that's why HIV couldn't take you out you had to get to 21. Wow! Somebody say this year. Say it again. Say this year. Look! 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 I quit. I quit. Look at Joshua six. Look at Joshua six. Look at Joshua six. Six. Wait a minute. Just for those of us that know we're gonna eat some fruit this year for those of you like what is fruit that means all of my labor has not been in vain all of my faithfulness has not been in vain there's going to be some fruit from the what the seeds that I there's going to be some fruit from the seed if you believe that I'm going to give you 15 seconds to praise God one two three go I'm
0: going
1: to see some fruit this year I'm going to see some rewards from my labor this year I'm gonna see it happen this year. Uh, And people are gonna say, why didn't you give up? I just had to get to 21. Why didn't you throw in the towel? I had to get to all right. Let me stop. stop, Let's have a look. Look, Exodus 6 and 1. So after they cross over, first stop is Gilgal. He cuts them. He cuts them. Your God means circle. He cuts their circle, too. For some of you, God has alleviated all dead weight. And some of you feel real isolated and lonely now. You're like, it's just me. Bishop be sitting up here preaching about circles, and it's me and one other. That's because he cut your circle. <laughs> he said, because they're not coming with you to Jericho. I'm only bringing fighters to Jericho. I'm only bringing warriors to Jericho. I ain't bringing nobody with you that ain't going to fight. I'm not bringing anybody with you that's going to give up. I'm surrounding you by some gladiators. Heck, hey, I never hotshot I'm surrounding you by some fighters. I'm surrounding you by some people that want to be in your life. It's one thing I know. I don't want anybody in my life that doesn't know they want to be there. God cut every doubter from around you. He cut every fake friend from around you. He cut every relationship that wasn't going nowhere from around you. I got quit. Joshua 6 and 1. Now Jericho, say, 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 here's what's next. Talk to me, 915, say, here's what's next. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. What happened? The king heard what happened at the Jordan. So now when they're getting ready to have their next conquest, they shut it down. In other words, I don't see any way in this. I don't see any way out of this. And for some of you, you listen to me, when you get to your Jericho, let me tell you what you're going to do. And I got three minutes to teach it to you, so you got to come quick class. You ready? Nobody went out and nobody came in. What does this mean? When I look at it, please listen to me, it's going to look harder than it will be. If I obey. Some of us, we are facing things like, God, how am I going to do that with this? It's going to look harder than it will be if you obey. Verse 2, when the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, and it's king, and it's mighty men of valor. That means it's warriors. Check this out. But what is he saying? But you're going to have to work to go get it. I just need you to prophesy to yourself. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, get, get, get it. Uh-uh, you need to say it like you mean to Say, get, get, get it. 9.15, I need you all to type down on every digital campus. Say, I'm going to get it. Say, but at first... It's gonna look real hard. I need you to remember you've crossed over. So, what you're looking at, watch me, what you're looking at is a desert, which means the desert has mirages. It only looks bad, but it ain't that bad. It only looks impossible, but it is not impossible. And I'm here to tell everybody, you got some stuff on your 2020, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. You're going to obey, and God's going to give it into your hands. Look at the next part. I got to go. Next part. Look at the next part. Look at verse 3. Now, you know this story, but I'm going to teach it to you from an angle you never heard. You ready? You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around with the city one time. You're going to do this for what? Six days. Say six. Six is the biblical number of man, which means, watch me, I am about to put you in a circle where you have to deal with people issues. Check this out. Look at the screen. I got to deal with circles again? God, we just spent 40 years going through a doggone wilderness. We just spent 14 years building something. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. I gotta deal with circles again, but I need you to open your mouth and say, it's similar, but not the same. Uh-uh. Who right now, you're facing some stuff that feels like something you've already been through? You better listen to me and listen to me clearly. It is similar, but it is not the same. Somebody say, this circle has a big reward. Say it again. This circle has a huge reward. Stop on the seventh day. You shall march around the city seven times. (laughs) And the priest shall blow the trumpet. Check it out. The most circles when I'm closest to it. Mm, You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. The most circles when I'm closest to it. See, for six days, I could walk around one time each day. But then right when I'm about to get it, right when it's about to happen, All of a sudden, you say, now, on this last day, I'm going to need you to walk seven times. The biblical number of seven means completion. So God says, I'm about to complete something in you. Which is why your process feels familiar, which is why your process, you, you're tired of it. Why? I've seen all of this before. I've been through all of this before. I've gone through all these hoops before. I've spent all this time before, but somebody said, but it's different this time. Hey, K underha. say it's different this time. Say it again say it's different this time. What does this mean? I have the most repetition when I am closest to my reward. You will experience things that you've experienced before and you'll experience a lot of it. i Am not talking to you? You'll experience a lot of it at one time. And here's what the enemy wants you to get you to do. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, this is, this is Jericho, seven times, come on. It's, it's, it's the last day, say it's the seventh day. That's one, y'all count with me. Two, y'all count with me when he gets there. Three, y'all count with me when he gets there. Four, y'all count with me. Five, count with me. Six, stop. This is when the enemy wants you to stop. He wants to punk you and say, this ain't working. If it was working, why is it taking so long? Maybe you're not called to do this. Maybe you're not supposed to do this. Maybe God's trying to lead you in a number. that He is not. He is not. He is not. What he said is what he said, and he hasn't changed his mind. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, you ain't going to be no punk this year. Y'all ain't it like you a thug. Say it like you a thug. Say, you're not going to be a punk this year. So what the enemy does, watch me. It's on this last one. I'm almost to seven. But come on, go. He, he got everything he can trying to stop you, trying to block you. People starting stuff with you. You're tired. You wake up with no energy. Who am I? You're fighting through stuff. You can't even sleep good. Your dreams are messing with y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. But baby, you got to keep pressing for him you got to keep pressing for him and if you keep resisting the devil eventually he's gonna realize i might as well just let him go stop and when they got to the seventh one say but they got to the seventh look at verse 20. so the people shouted and the trumpets were blown and as soon as they saw the trumpet or heard the sound of the trumpet the people shouted a great shout And the wall fell down flat so that the people went up to the city. Every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Check this out. They shouted before the walls fell. So make your seven. Come to your seven. This seven. Stop right there. All right? Now turn and face Jericho. The mic is Jericho. Come on, let's go with it. All right, this is Jericho. They didn't wait for the walls of the city to fall. What do the walls represent? I know what's mine, but I don't have access to it. I know what I'm supposed to do. I just can't seem to touch it right now. Who am I talking to? Like, it's right there. I know where it's at. I ain't confused about where it's right over there. I just can't get it. But the Bible says the priest blew the trumpet. That's the Rams on the Shofar. But the people had one responsibility. 915, I got to quit because I'm out of time. But I just want to see whether or not you're going to follow your Bible or not. Because it's not going to be as hard as it looks at first. You're not going to climb the wall. You're not going to sneak through the wall. You're not going to need no construction equipment to take the wall down. You're not going to need no demolition crew to get the wall down. This time, you're just going to do something real spiritual that don't make no natural sense. And when you do it, the Bible said, And the walls of the city fell down. I'm out of time. I got to go. But I just wonder if some of you can act like this is the seventh day for you. And on the seventh day, they marched seven times. And then the people shouted. On three, if you believe this week, God's going to tear some walls down. One, two, three. Come on, 915. Shout. Hey,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. And another one. Wait, 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 wait. You mean in the first few weeks of January I dealt with some circles? You mean in the first few weeks of what was supposed to be my best 12? It feels like this is a repeat of some stuff that they went down. Who am I talking to in my last 12? But I need you to realize your obedience. Somebody say, it's about to pay off. I just need for those of us, just one more time, and then we're out of here. If you're going to sow the seal, get that ready. If you came in late you weren't able to give, I want you to get your giving ready. I just need you to act like, say, I'm on my last one. And you didn't give up. And you didn't stop. And you kept showing up. And you kept showing up, and you kept showing up, and you kept giving, and you kept serving, and you kept being faithful. And even when you complained, you caught yourself and said, oops, I canceled that. And even when you said, I can't do it, you said, no, wait a minute, I can I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And now, you better hear me. As you are in the first month of your best 12, you better hear me. God says, I'm about to knock something down on I'm going to give y'all one more time. He's going to play the shofar, which is the ram's horn in Scripture. It's the Greek version of the ram's horn. He's going to play the Hebrew version of the trumpets is the shofar. When you hear that, that's your shout. You ready? One, are you ready? Two, are you ready? Three, put your shout in the atmosphere. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah! 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 I gotta go. Today, if you're watching this experience and you're not a Christian, this is your moment. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful to him. This is your moment. Thirdly, you can stop the shofar. Thirdly, if you're like Bishop Oman, I don't know where things stand with the Lord. In this building and online, on three, uh, you can stop the shofar. On three, what I need you to do is either raise your hand if you're in this building, or two, if you're online, I need you to just do the heavy emoji Just say, Did this word bless anybody today? become a Christian for the first time, recommit yourself to the Lord and be sure no judgment, no condemnation. Everybody's included. Not one person is excluded. You ready? One, two, three. If that's you, hand up in this building. Online, just do the hand with emoji most you need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord and be sure. Hallelujah! Everybody, real quick, I'm moving fast. Pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. And this is my first time playing this. I am now a Christian. I believe... And I confess that you are my Savior and my Lord. My life is yours. And this next 12, I believe that they will be my best 12. This circle may look similar, but it is not to say this one's paying off. Jericho is mine. Come on, come on, come on. Say some great victories are mine. I expect it this week in the name of Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. I dare you to put one more praise on that right there.
0: Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word decision to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life.